So, some reflections. End of the year. Beginning of a new year tonight. So these are the conventions of, of time. And the, the realm of time is the realm like the body. The body is in time, so I hope it gets better soon. <laughs> so, I do things in time. I drink lovely potions that Siddhartha gives me, and I take uh, medicine, and I sleep and rest, uh, with the hope that in time, this body will get better. But I have been reflecting on this this uh, present cold that I have. It's no big deal, but also, hmm, well, maybe this is the last one. Well, that'd be nice. What's well, the last disease I get, this body gets? And then, of course, you, you, you start to contemplate what is the timeless. And is this something that isn't a function of time? So time, the functions of, or the, the conventions of time and the things we do in time, in Buddhism, are usually couched in the ways of morality. So our, our day-to-day life is, is grounded in the moral precepts. Um, in time is around our responsibilities. When we have appointments, we go to those appointments on time, and um, we fulfill our responsibilities according to time. When we develop things, say just developing this monastery, it's next year will be the tenth year. That's in time, and you can't just create a monastery in a timeless fashion. It takes time. We get to know each other in time. We don't. First time we meet each other, we don't we don't know who we are. So over time, we experience each other and we get a sense of you know, who we are and how, how to relate through that history, and so on. So much of our attention has to be taken up with the things of time. But uh, as you all know, that the body, the monastery relationships, because they are time time bound, and they're not in our control totally, because there's so many other things that come in, they're not really reliable. Anything that's time-bound is bound by birth and death, you say. So it's not reliable. Which doesn't mean that we ignore it. Like if we ignore uh, the kitchen for the retreat, if we don't plan, uh, if we ignore the heating system, or uh, we ignore our own bodies, then life becomes even more difficult. So we have, there is a sense of care and attention on that which is time-bound. But that is more, it's more like a vehicle that we use to try to intuit the timeless. And so I've been just watching this um, sickness that I'm going through. And the conditions of the sickness are unpleasant. So I feel hot and hacking and uh, teeth hurt and you know, the usual things of a, of a sickness and then just trying to see but what is it that hasn't changed in the symptoms of the sickness which are in time what is it that has been always there what is it that's, that's, that's always there and for me and, and the language that we use it's the it's, you could say it's consciousness or it's presence or it's knowing <laughs> or it's awareness so the cough I just coughed is in time. It began and it ended. But the awareness, which 
um, knew that that was happening. That awareness is what we are trying to um, begin to have faith in. I think we begin to have faith in awareness of change, not as the only thing we do, because we need to we need to be responsible, but also that there is that dimension of the timeless, and that's where we would say that the peace of mind lies. That's where where the arising of conflict or sickness or unpleasantness is okay. It arises and ceases in that in that space of awareness or consciousness or knowing or whatever you want to call it. And to have faith in that is a is a kind of really, really beautiful thing. To have faith in in the conditioned realm is a kind of dangerous thing. If I have faith in this body, or let's say I'm a let's say I'm a great violinist, and all my life is based on having dexterity in my hands, and then I start to get rheumatoid arthritis in my hands, it's a disaster because my whole sense of being is in, in expression, in time, in being a musician, and I might have invested a lot into that. And then. But for us, not, not saying that people who are musicians don't have that kind of wisdom, as we, as we no longer rely on the body for our peace of mind, but still take care of it. That's, I think, part of the middle way. We still take care of our relationships and our bodies, but our true refuge is more and more that which is unchanging, which is kind of mysterious. And of course, the silence of knowing that you can't really uh, locate that as an object. You can't really find it or lose it, actually, because it's always there. So we have a new year coming up, and we always talk about the conventions of time, and people make uh, determinations and New Year's resolutions, and they're all, that's very good. But to, to make like a resolution to constantly take refuge in the awakened mind is something which is not dependent on the particular experiences we'll have in 2016. Whether we are successful or unsuccessful, <laughs> whether we have a cough or not, and whether we get extreme states of samadhi on a retreat or not, the awareness doesn't depend on that. Like entering a retreat, we have it's very easy when you enter a retreat to be, have a kind of gaining mind that now I'm going to get something out of this retreat, either samadhi or insight or understand some problem that I'm dealing with. And that very uh, gaining mind, that very sense of I am someone moving through time and I'll have some meditative achievement down the line, one or two months, that is an object in awareness. That's an object in awareness. And when it's known as that, then there's no need to go anywhere. There's no need to get that. If it's not known as an object in time, then once meditation becomes imbued with this, um, this idea of what I need to get, and then a resistance to not getting that, and so the mind begins to have a struggle, because it's conceived of the practice as in time, in the future, something happening. So perhaps the question is not so much of uh, attaining to something, but remembering. 
remembering and having faith to in the awakened mind, having faith in awareness of change. And the doubting mind doesn't like that. The doubting mind always will go to thought and will say, oh, it couldn't be just that easy. There must be more to it than this. And the mind will spin off into thinking. But any kind of a doubt in thinking is still a sankhara, is still an object in mind, which arises and ceases in awareness. In awareness. It's very subtle, and yet it's not, you know, it's not far away. It's not beyond us. It doesn't, it doesn't take like an Einstein to figure this out. It's not that kind of intellectual problem. It's more noticing something that, that is so obvious that we miss it. When, when we were talking with Lompal, being at Bodhgaya, and he'd say, and his own reflections, I so what did the Buddha actually realize here under the bow tree? What did he realize? And he says he realized reality, that which has a nature to arise as a nature to cease. In, the, in Saranath, when the Buddha is giving the first teaching on the Four Noble Truths, uh, Kundanya knows, what does Kundanya know? That that which is a nature to arise is a nature to cease. And, and so what's that about? And that's not, uh, it's not like an earthquake or magical day was coming down. It's something about a perspective on reality which is very liberating. So each time we, we remember within sickness or conflict or difficulty or pleasure or beauty, that, that which has a nature to rise has a nature to cease, we are in a position of freedom. When we become too taken up by the qualities of our experience, then we are too dependent on the qualities of experience and that in itself suffering. So the middle way is, is to care for ourselves, to care for each other, to care for the place as a way of practice rather than as an end in itself. So when something goes wrong, a heating doesn't work, or one gets a cold, or the, the, pull, the pull snow blower isn't quite what we hoped it would be, and so on, you just reflect, yeah, well, that's what it's supposed to be. You know, the, the, the condition realm is disappointing. Disappointment is part of the natural uh, way things are. It doesn't mean we become abjectly passive, we do something, we, so we're going to came, we'll phone up, or has already phoned up the dealer and said, can we switch the uh, snowblowers? So that's all very normal. But that which is aware knows disappointment. It knows non-disappointment. It knows inspiration. It knows depression. And the more you intuit that, the more you say, well, there's nowhere to go. It's, just, it's not a sense of becoming, it's always a sense of awakening. Alright, something to ponder. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu.